Podcast One. Hello, everyone. Listen, Abel, back in your ears, and we're doing something different. Yeah, we have amazing guests, but we're going to tackle a few topics that mm-hmm. we, we've done these in the past where we just talk a little bit at the top and had a great response. Some things, opinions, think stories we've found, but also where we stand on some issues. Now, we should point out, we're going to talk about some things that are topical now, but are just issues that will be ongoing in the future. So if you're listening to this in two years, this might still be an issue. It's just our way of talking about it. But also, we're putting these onto our Facebook as well, so we're going to continue the conversation on there. Now, the first comes from a post that I've screenshot on my phone to talk about. So this was a post on the internet, and I found it really interesting. Quiet, hybrid, and electric vehicles are 40% more likely to collide with pedestrians than cars with a regular combustion engine. Mm. So think about that for a second. Guide dogs learn to take cues from a lot of things, obviously, when helping somebody who's low vision or blind. And so maybe one of those cues might be listening out for engines, but with now hybrid vehicles. Actually, that's a great point. That's going to be a bit dangerous. Have you ever actually crossed the road and almost been hit by a full electric car? Because it makes... No, no sound. No, no, like nothing. Yeah. I was thought it'd be like, oh, I'd be a half cast, like there'd be a bit of sound. It is. My wheelchair on the asphalt makes more noise sometimes. Mm. And you're right, for people who are blind, low vision, and have a guide dog, if that guide dog misses that cue, the danger level probably goes up for someone. Mm. I mean, it's an opportunity cost that they probably haven't even thought of as well. I actually don't know this, and that's why we're also putting this up as a topic on Facebook, so please inform myself, uh, maybe anyone else listening. I presume that guide dogs and the people using them don't always get the opportunity to cross at level crossings, at street crossings, where you've got the use of a button. You know, There's just going to be some streets that yeah, they have to cross. But I think they try and cross at the lights because the dog uses the sound of the green. Of course, but what if there's not lights? What if you're crossing the street to your neighbor's house or something like that? You know, these are the opportunities where these hybrid electric vehicles can be incredibly dangerous. Remember, the person who's low vision blind also can hear, so they might be able to hear cars coming too. Yeah. Dangerous, only relying on that, obviously. So that's where the guide dog does come into play. But you're right. There's a, that adds another element of danger, especially with the way the cars are going, because they're Mm -hmm. pushing towards the majority of cars being hybrid or or electric. Of course, better for the environment. Correct. I looked at getting a Tesla, but is it dangerous? Hang on. Is the podcast going that well? Secondhand Tesla. Oh, okay. 2015 model. Still very expensive. <laughs> still can't afford it. Uh, so there's something that we'd love to have a conversation with you further on Facebook. Another one that I want to touch on, uh, it's obviously something that's happening now, but it's a discussion for the bigger picture, is limb difference being represented badly in the movie Witches starring Anne Hathaway. And there's been a bit of controversy this week, um, but also it's a conversation we can have, for, which is evergreen. This week... Uh, myself and my community got affected by something that somebody said. The guy's name is Sam Newman. If you don't know him, he's an ex-AFL player and ex-broadcaster. who The Fossil. The Fossil, who wrote a tweet about the president-elect um, Joe Biden. Now, I'm not going to repeat what he said because of the disgraceful disability slurs that he used, but he implied that it was great for inclusion that a disabled person could actually get a good job, right? Now, that's implying that Joe Biden had a stutter. A stutter, correct, yeah. But the way that he described Joe Biden and the disabled community was... Yeah, he uses terminology that's offensive, not only to people in the disabled community, but just people in general. Like I mean, read, reading it as just an able-bodied man, I was like, this is grating. Yeah. And you know what? It got picked up by the news. And Which is what he lot, wants. There are a lot of people saying that, oh, that's a, you know, defending it as a joke. You know what? If you find that's funny, good on you. I'm not telling you how to think. I just want to give some perspective mm. on how it makes us feel, me feel in particular. 
Um, I read these tweets, Gus, and I was, and I don't normally get like this, mm. I was livid mm. to see words that used to get used in the 60s, 70s, 80s to describe my community. I was so pissed off, man. Like, I was devastated. And I wrote a blast piece back. I was ready to send it. Like, I was destroying him back. And then I kind of stopped. I sent it to my brother, Zach, who's a big influence in my life. He's a good guy. And he said, that is what he wants. Mm. He wants you to screen grab it and send it back out, which is what I was going to do. Yeah. And I was like... And you've done it in the past. Yeah, and that's a great point. You know what I mean? This guy is just a loser at home with keyboards trying to get a rise out of people to feel relevant. Because right? fire needs oxygen. Correct. And I was going to fire that. I was going to give it back to him. And then he would have brought back. It would have been news everywhere about what I was going to write. I said, good point. So instead, I reckon I got sent that tweet a thousand times by people saying, you got to respond to this tweet. you got to respond to this tweet. And you know what? That is a waste of my time responding to that tweet. Mm. And it is a waste of everybody else's time reading that tweet. And you might say right now, well, you're giving it oxygen right now. Yeah. You're talking about it right now. But you know what? I think it's important to talk about the lesson that I learned because there are so many keyboard warriors and bad people out there who want to bring you down just by using their words. And we as people get affected and we as people buy into that. I learned to not engage and not give a crap about what that guy said. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anyone with a disability. He doesn't know anything about the disability community. So... I don't need to engage and give him what he wants. So can I ask a question then? If you didn't do a tweet, then how did some news sources pick up a response from Dylan Orcott to the tweet? So I wrote a tweet saying, I keep getting sent a tweet by this person. This person's the lowest of the low. And to be honest, he cannot steal or waste any more of my time and either should yours. That's all I wrote. And they picked it up knowing that it was about that. Yeah, uh, so you didn't directly correct. reference the tweet, but it was pretty obvious what you're talking about. Correct. Now, that have, that became a news story in itself. Dylan Alcott responds to Sam Newman. Of course, you both hosted footy shows yeah, in your own yeah. way. Of course, Sam is successful and well, you were one that got fired. I replaced him. <laughs> and then no one replaced you. You're irreplaceable. No, the show got axed. The Sunday footy show. Oh. But uh, because that article got picked up, and I like to do a segment whenever Dylan puts his head out there yeah. and uh, people like to chop it off in the comments on Twitter. Also, just want to say thanks to everybody that got in touch saying getting around... The, the stance, but yeah, also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do mean tweets. But also, the people just said these nice things then. <laughs> mean tweets, mean tweets, mean tweets. Don't worry about the nice stuff. <laughs> these are some of the comments. Real people online under the seven AFL post from Monday yeah. at ten AM. You can go back and verify this. Grant <laughs> sent a comment on Facebook. He said, "This is nice. You're twice the man he is, Dylan." That's very nice. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Then underneath it, Regan Smith wrote, "But only half of him yeah, works." Was, I like that one. That was a good oh, gag. There's so many wheelchair jokes in there. and That's people, what I'm focusing on. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. Jed wrote, be the bigger man and walk away. And then Chris wrote, he can't. He can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Chris thinking, what a dumb comment, he actually can't. I think Jed's like, that's the point, champion. Uh, B wrote, B double E wrote, that's unusual. Dylan Olcott is offended by something. Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, you do stick your neck out a lot for the disabled community. So, I, you know, hats off to you as a oh, friend. Well... I have to in the sense that what he was implying is that people with disability can't get a job, basically, mm -hmm. and use slurs that I'll, I'll never say those words again, the ones that he mentioned. And uh, you know what? You think I'm being a dickhead for doing that? I could not care less because exactly. I want to stick up for people like myself, but also the ge the generation that's here now with disability and the future generation of people with disability to come. So, hey, you might think I'm a knobhead, but I'm still going to keep doing it. And, you know, you're a great person to shine a light on as a disabled person with a job. I mean, you can't hold on to them very long. Look at the footy show. Yeah, exactly still... right. Hey, have we signed off for next year yet here? Not yet. Okay, cool. Cameron wrote, good to see him take a stand. <laughs> and then underneath a little thread of just a couple of jokes, Glenn wrote, walked right into that one. 
I came in the I came in this morning with this. I go, hey, you should read some of these comments. And Angus is just the smile. I'm just here, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And then uh, Lockie just finished with Dylan Orcott is a flog. Flog, yeah. Anne Hathaway is in this new uh, movie, The Witches. She's playing the Grand High Witch. She got in a bit of trouble online from the disabled community because in that movie, her character is portrayed to have limb difference. So she has a hand. I think both her hands have two fingers on each hand. Which they reference as a claw. Claw, and they're elongated. So Mm -hmm. they've made them to look out pretty bad, and that's part of the reason of her being a witch is the fact that she has limb difference, which is actually a disability. Now, two sides to this. The PC crew, oh, you can't do anything anymore because you're going to offend someone. She's just trying to be a witch. But the population around the world that is has limb difference especially some young kids got in touch with Anne and went online and said, hey, that's exactly what my hand looks like. Mm. And that makes me feel sad that, one, you're using that as a prop to show a negative thing, being a witch. Yeah, trying to be frightening to be children. Frightening. And also that then stems from a lot of bullying. That that obviously gives people the opportunity to then bully those kids or yeah. people because they look the same as Anne Hathaway does in that movie. You know what? I don't have any difference, but I, I can compare it to – a movie that I saw that related to me, and before we get into what Anne Hathaway had to say, and it was called You Before Me. It was about a guy. He's a billionaire, Angus. Good-looking oh. guy who's a billionaire, right? Goes to work one day, bang, gets his bike, a, a car on the way to work. So now he's still good-looking, correct? He's still a billionaire. There's only two differences. He's now in a wheelchair, and Khaleesi of Game of Thrones is his carer, and all she wants to do is have sex with him. That's the plot of the movie. Okay. Are you saying the actor Khaleesi? Yes, she's not actually. She's not oh, in Khaleesi. I, was, I thought it was like, did I miss a Game of Thrones what, plot line here? Amelia, um, yeah, Amelia, Amelia Clark. Clark, yeah. Sorry, but I, sorry, Khaleesi. I was like, is that Bran, the real king? Did I miss a, a couple of weeks of Khaleesi Game of Thrones? Of Game of Thrones, but okay. in another character. Amelia Clark is in love with him. Yeah. What does this guy do, Angus? I'm not sure. He commits suicide because he's in a wheelchair and he feels like he's a burden on her life. So what does that tell people about my life? Right. I watched that. I was like, are you kidding? I'm in a cinema. I'm in a wheelchair. People look at me going, he's probably thinking the same thing about his girlfriend. Mm. I hated that movie. Yeah. Million Dollar Baby. She breaks her neck. What does she do? Kills herself because she's disabled. No, you can still live a life if you're disabled. So those characters are dangerous, right? And in this case, especially hearing people with limb difference, mm. they were like, that's not me. I'm not a witch. I look the same, but I'm a great person. We'll get to Anne Hathaway's comment in a second. I just want to talk about the studio for a second. So uh, The Witches is based off, uh, the w- is an original movie, but it's based off a Roald Dahl book. Yep. Now, in the Roald Dahl book, it's depicted in the illustrations differently to how they portrayed it in the movie. So they tried to make it the more scary for a 2020 version. So Warner Brothers has come out and said they're deeply saddened to learn that this movie could upset people with disabilities. In a statement, they've said, it was never our intention for viewers to feel that the fantastical non-human creatures were meant to represent them. I know you said, Dylan... We can see both sides, but I think the point is people don't. Yeah. They only see one, one side. Whatever side Let's on. make Anne Hathaway as scary as possible. They don't think about the repercussions of their actions. Correct. Now they're and backtracking and going, oh, my God, please save our multi-multi-million dollar film. But that backtracking is saying, we're sorry you took offence to it. It's ah, not, yeah. so we are being offensive. Yeah. And that's what I had. It's like, I'm sorry you saw it that way. It's like, no, I didn't say it that way. That's what it is. Um, but right at the time on. of recording where we are, Anne Hathaway in the last couple of hours has actually come out on Instagram and you're actually, you think she's handled it quite well. She's not dialing in the apology just because she has to. She goes, 
Let me begin by saying I do my best to be sensitive of the feelings and experience of others, not just out of some scrambling PC fear, but because not hurting others seems like a basic level of decency that I should be striving for. Mm -hmm. As someone who really believes in inclusivity and really, really detests cruelty, I owe you all an apology for the pain caused. I'm sorry. I did not connect limb difference to the character that I was playing. And if I had, I assure you, I would have never done it and this would not have happened. I particularly want to say sorry to the kids with limb difference. Now that I know better, I promise I'll do better. And I owe a special apology to everyone who loves you as fiercely as I love my own kids. I'm sorry that I let you and your family down. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I think that's legit. Yeah. That's not, oh, I'm sorry that you took offense. I'm going to take my $20 million. In saying that, the movie's still gone ahead and they're all going to get paid. But I feel like she probably had no idea about that. Mm-hmm. Sounds and, like it. And he's like, well, you're losing sleep about that. And we feel bad about that, yeah. which, I, which I appreciate. I think because it's now made the news, more people will be aware. And I think that is a good thing in some respect, if there and is any sort of... Do you know the best way to figure that out? Mm. The studio and that Hathaway. Go to someone with limb difference and go, hey, I've got to have limb difference in this. How do I do it in a non-offensive way so I can have it? And they'll be like, yeah. we'll work together on doing it because they would have. Yeah. And you know what? If there was no solution, well, then they wouldn't have had a solution. They would have just cut it out. I also um, remember back to our... Carly Finlay episode, uh, she has a skin difference, which makes her skin red. And she talks about Halloween masks. Do you remember that? Yeah. I still think about that because Halloween just passed when we're recording this. And she says that Halloween masks perpetuate that uh, facial difference yeah. is something to be scared of. And people have said, you don't have to dress up for Halloween, things yeah. like that. There's so, comments that she's had in real life. So yeah. I do think about that. And as long as we're learning and I'm learning along this process, I know you are as well, Dylan, you're a bit well, well ahead of me, but I, I, I'm on the journey and hopefully people can take this listenable journey with me and, and you and as we learn all things disability. Also, if, if any movie networks are looking for actors in wheelchairs, I know one. Mm-hmm. It's me. Brian Cranston. No, no, no. Mate. Did a great Bro- job Bro- in that film with Kevin See, Hart. there's another version. Why is Brian Cranston in a wheelchair <laughs> in that movie? And he didn't even walk once What's in that movie. What's it called? The lo- I don't know. Yeah. I think it's called Get a Guy in a Wheelchair to Play the Role. <laughs> that may be true. Um, let's meet our next guest. We have had a guy in the past called Ryan who was labelled as Britain's uh, worst Tourette's. Yep. That's how they labelled it. And he came on and, and talked about his disability. But then we saw an article recently in the news about a Dunedin woman with Tourette's syndrome. She was left, and this is the quote, humiliated after being told she was not allowed to board a New Zealand airline. Her name is Jade O'Connell. She's 19, was meant to fly from Dunedin to Wellington to attend a camp, Twitch, which is a camp about people with Tourette's. Now, she got to the airport on on the Monday with her mum and the pair were told Jade wasn't going to be able to fly because of issues on a previous flight. She then missed the first day of camp. Well, let's talk to that bloody troublesome teen, Jade <laughs> O'Connell, all the way from New Zealand. Hello. Ah. Self-class. Thank you. Hi. Hey, Jade. <laughs> first and foremost, great to have you on because you are a bloody on- online superstar. superstar. You've got like... 20 times the followers that Angus and I have on TikTok. Um, so, Jade, for, for people that don't know your story, can you just give a bit of background about yourself, what you love, what you love doing, and, and also a little bit about your your disability? Wow. Well, um, yeah, I joined TikTok this year and just things started doing baking and activities with my Tourette's. It blew up and a lot's changed since then. So. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I only got diagnosed with Tourette's this year, actually. Oh, wow. Um, what, really? Okay, so how I've does that come it, about? I've probably had tics since I was about 14, but um, they didn't develop like this until last year. So, mm. well, yeah, well, I've only had them 
really bad for just over a year. What was the first kind of ticks that you started getting when you were 14? Wow. I had these blinking ticks. So I'd sit here and squint my eyes like that. Mm-hmm. That was the first tick I ever had. And I had like the occasional neck twitch, but. Yeah, that I one seems really to be quite common, the neck that. twitch. Yeah, because it's quite a common thing. Like everyone has a wee twitch every now and again. Yep. And if people um, missed our previous episode where we ah. talked to Ryan who had Tourette's, can you just explain what a, what a tick is? Like what the feeling that you get and, and, and I guess the science or background behind it. Yeah. Well, Tourette's is just involuntary like movement sounds. <laughs> so ticks are those sounds and movements. It's just, it's hard to explain what they feel like. It's almost like just an urge that you have to do something. Like I have to yell bitch right now. Hmm. Otherwise. I'm going to explode. This is a, might be a bad example. I might have used this with Ryan as well, but is it like hold, trying to stop a sneeze, if that makes sense? Yeah. I've always kind of described it as holding your breath. Like you can uh, suppress it for a bit, but you eventually have to do take it. Take a breath. Mm. Yeah, like you, can't, you can't take it away, but you can hold it back for a bit. So that's how I sometimes get myself out of dangerous situations. Like I'll hold it in, I'll step aside, let it out kind yeah. of thing. So obviously we're going to, this won't be censored. Uh, your voice will be your own on this podcast for anybody with kids in the car that maybe don't want to explain swearing, then you feel free to turn off. But your story is so interesting. And obviously we're not going to change your voice as it is. Um, but do you yeah. think w- with your swearing tics, can you understand why parents might want to pick their young impressionable ears uh, away from you at the time? Are you okay with the fact like, oh, yeah, I'm swearing, you probably don't want your kids to hear it, so it's okay if you take your kids away? Oh, this sort of stuff, I completely understand. Like, if you've okay. got kids in the car, they'll probably be very confused. So, like, that I get completely. Like, yeah. As a parent, you probably m- might be going, oh, I understand you got Tourette's, but I don't want my kid at the age of three to be going around saying the F word. For you know? sure. Like, but what about, in, wow. what about in public, though? Like, that's BS if Jade's just trying to... Yeah, live your life and she's constantly getting people pulled away. It makes it hard for you as well. I've had it occasionally, but not usually. Yeah. I've never had anyone make a fuss about okay. that mm. with kids. I've just had them kind of move away, which that I'm fine with. Like it's, it's not like they're asking me to move away. So you, if you don't want your kid to be around the swearing, I get it. Just yeah. <laughs> you can, you're free to move away if you want to. So let's talk about TikTok. So you developed ticks at 14 you got diagnosed this year and you already had the confidence within yourself to be able to be so out there with your Tourette's. That's such an, a quick transformation and confidence within yourself. How, how did you come to that space? I think because I struggled a lot last year. Last year was a very – because I started getting ticks around the start of last year. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like developing more beyond just the blinking tick and stuff. So that's it was hard to cope with that because I didn't know what was happening really. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think this year – I. I had a big turn with my mental health and just everything. So it helped a lot with my confidence. And <laughs> fuck, when I, once I started realizing that it was helping other people, it helped, I think, me be a lot more confident as well. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon it was also meant to be yeah. that the word tick is in the name TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of people make that joke like, oh, you put the tick in TikTok. You do. You're <laughs> a bloody superstar. Yeah. I love it. That's a very common joke, I hear. <laughs> so um, there's a big difference, though, with social media. Um, for example, you know, I've got a you know, quite public social media. So does Dylan. So do you. My girlfriend prefers to have a private account. She likes to keep her social media to her family and friends. But with you, you, you probably, you could never have expected one million people to follow you on TikTok. Does it make you more or less self-confident and self-aware about what you're doing? Do you feel that your content has changed now that you have more people come to your platform? I don't know. Like, I've, 
because I think before this TikTok thing, I was the sort of person that would never post on social media. Mm-hmm. Like I had like probably like five posts before I started tick like on Instagram before I started TikTok and all that. Like I never so it's, it's quite weird exposing myself to mm. the everyone like this a lot. It's it's odd. I don't know. Because you're also that opening bitch. yourself up to trolls. I'm sure amongst the million people yeah. who love your <laughs> videos. And you know what? Also, yeah. are learning about Tourette's through your videos, which apart from being hilarious, are actually educational within mm. themselves. We've watched them all. How are you dealing with people who are now getting on the keyboard uh, in different countries and, and saying nasty things? Yeah. It doesn't really bother me too much. Like I, I, I knew getting into this that there was going to be hate. Like there's hate for anyone. Everyone on the internet knows that. So I just there's the positive comments outweigh the negative ones. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. What do you say to young, young people that have Tourette's because bloody hard to come to terms mm-hmm. and and understand what your body was doing, but also the the negative perceptions <laughs> that you get. What what do you what do you say to them? Um, I think it's just definitely don't hide it. I think that's what I struggled with at first was hiding away and kind of letting it take over your life a bit. But I think it's just learning to take control of that and embracing it and be like, okay, this isn't something you need to be embarrassed of or hide because it's perfectly normal. Your tics we can see um, straight away and hear are different to Ryan's. So what Fuck are off. your tics in particular? What are the, the kind of more ones that you are getting the most? I've got coprolalia, so that's why I swear a lot and say – a lot of that. So that's a lot of my vocal tics is swearing and making random noises and whistling. Mm-hmm. And just, I get a lot of uh, movement in my neck and my head, my shoulders. That's, I think, where most of my movement is. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, but that's, I'd say most of my tics. Yeah. Usually from day to day. Ryan's worst tick of all time was he <laughs> went to reach out to pull a hijab off a lady who was walking her child in the park. Obviously, it's involuntary. He told me about it. Yeah, he told you about that. You guys have been in contact. Um, what's yours? What's one that you look back on? You're like, oh, oh. racial slurs. Mm. Not good. It got really bad after the quarantine because COVID was a thing and the Black Lives Matter thing oh, had yeah. been happening at that point. So everyone was focused on it and yelling around racial slurs at that time was not good. Uh. Or yelling out, I've got COVID. I'd make a, I'd fake cough. So I'd just oh. sit there in the supermarket going, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <People> like, yeah, <laughs> you got such a good personality around it, awesome. which I love. Jade, do you get sore? Like, do you get a sore neck and shoulders from moving and stuff? I'm like, uh, you know, they're big movements that you're making and <laughs> how does your body kind of recover? It doesn't. <laughs> oh. It's hard to. Like I've gotten a massage to try and help the pain once, but they said long term this isn't really going to help unless you did this all the time. Okay, because you're just going to hurt. You're just going to keep doing it. So, yeah, it does get painful. Like it's a lot of muscle movements, a lot of tensing. So my muscles are just constantly very. I've gotten a lot worse at it in the past couple months, but I'll start punching stuff. I almost broke my hand. Oh, a wooden table. I just kept punching it. And I couldn't yeah. stop. Is there something that? When you do start becoming like a danger to yourself in that sense, like hurting yourself, is there something that can be done? Do you want something to be done? Are you happy with what's going on? It's hard. See, these sometimes like people, it's it's a big thing on communication with this is because it depends like on the time as well. Like some this day might be different from the other day. So I usually tell people, don't restrain me unless I ask you. Mm-hmm. 
I have mm. occasionally, like I did tell someone to like, just hold my arm. So I stopped hitting it, please. Mm. But sometimes holding it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Like that's during tick attacks. I can't hold my ticks back during tick attacks when all my ticks come out. And if someone restrains me during then, which people do try to do because my ticks tend to be more violent. So people will try and restrain you and it's, it just makes it longer and worse and mm-hmm. it doesn't help it. Jade, for you, you know, you've had your first ticks at 14, diagnosed at 18, now 19. So it's been like a year of diagnosis. Were you happy? Were you scared when you actually got finally diagnosed with Tourette's? Was it a relief? Were you like, it all made sense? Was Did it make you more worried? How did you feel? Kind of relieved, kind of not. It was good to have an answer, I think. Yeah. Like, I think we'd gone so long questioning, like, what was it? We thought it was medication that I was on for a start. Possibly we didn't understand it. So it was good to finally have like, okay, this is what it is. We know that now, at least now when people ask, why are you doing that? I can actually give them an answer because mm. before it would be like, oh, why did you just like twitch? And I'm like, I don't know. The only issue was that I think getting diagnosed was like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, there's no, there's no cure for this. So now I know I've got it for life. So I was kind of hoping that I wouldn't get diagnosed with it. Cause then there was a hope that it would, yeah. Go away more. How did your friends and family take it? Uh, they've been supportive through the process? Yeah, they've all been amazing. I think it was very confusing for everyone at first because I'd suppressed it in for a few months. So a lot of people didn't know what was happening. So I suppressed it in for as long as I could because I was embarrassed by it. But then I think when I, f- it got to the point where I couldn't anymore, it got too much. And then that's when people were like, okay, what's happening? Mm. <laughs> Everyone was just very confused. I didn't understand it. Now, we did come across you, Jade, and we're so grateful that we did because of the article around the flight that you weren't allowed on. Now, the oh, airline so- says the issue was a medical one and it made the decision with your safety in mind. That was their oh. quote directly. Uh, how did you feel when you were told oh. that? Oh, it was, yeah, kind of bullshit. It was, they're, they're saying it's got nothing to do with the Tourette's, but the medical event that they're claiming as a medical event was the Tourette's. Yeah. Ah, uh, bitch. I'll spit on you. Ah, fuck. Yeah, we're still, we're still working with them trying to sort this out, but currently I'm still not allowed to fly without any school. Wow. I was just annoyed that like they, cause they, they never really tried to talk to me. So they were just assuming. And I knew that they were just assuming cause they didn't have any information at all to go off. So they weren't trying to understand the situation. They just did that. So I was like, how do you know it's a medical event? You didn't ask me. <laughs> exactly. So do you make the crew aware of your Tourette's before a flight? I do. And it's the thing is like, honestly, it probably would have been better if I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, because telling them I've got Tourette's has put a big red flag next to my name. So that was probably a dumb idea to do that because you don't actually need to inform them of Tourette's. Yeah, but I guess it's when you know, like the Black Lives Matter thing, when you're trying to not say something is usually the thing that comes out is sort of what we're learning. So when you're, yeah. you know, on a airport flight, airport's a bad, bombs, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's like one of those things, you you know, I, I, I thought you would want to be telling air crew staff, airlines is, hey, I'm coming. You know, if I do say bomb, it's because I've got Tourette's. Please, you know, be a bit more understanding. Yeah, yeah it's and that's what I do every time. I've always gone up to the front desk and been like, hey, got Tourette's like oh, I don't want there to be any issues <laughs> yeah and you they're really like I've never had an issue with like the crew or mm. staff like they've always usually been pretty good what about when you have flown in the past how do you go with other passengers because obviously in the plane 
everyone's pretty close together. Yeah, let's say I sit next to you. You're in uh, 13D. Uh, I'm in 13E. Do you do you tap me on the I'm, leg and say, hey, well, guess what? Like, yeah, I'd be like, hey, I've got Tourette's, by the way. Sorry if I swear at you. <laughs> That's usually what I would do. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell the people usually in the seat in front of me because sometimes I'll hit the seat in yep. front of me. Oh, yep. And most people are pretty accommodating. Yeah, most people don't mind like, if I hit the seat every Good. now and again. They're like, okay, no worries. I'm like... <laughs> But also, who doesn't yeah, have I've noise cancelling really... headphones or something as well? Yeah, just you know? whatever. It's just whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> of course. What about social Ew. media for you and social networking? Uh, you said that, you know, it's all kind of changed this year. What, what, what are you excited about in the future and where this platform is going to be taking you? I mean, what, what were your aspirations uh, maybe before TikTok? And what are your aspirations <laughs> now? Things have changed. Oh, my aspirations before TikTok were pretty different. I used to want to join the army, but... I couldn't do that after I got Tourette's, so. Oh, you can't be in the army uh, with Tourette's? Now I kind of, oh, well, no, I don't think, with, you can, there are some people, but not with how severe mine is. Oh, okay. and handling a firearm, I, I guess, would make would sense. Be. Now you're bloody an entertaining superstar, mm. so you don't need the army anymore. You're just going on to bigger and better <laughs> things. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I really want to make this, like, a job. I mean, it kind of is now, Yeah, I want to continue it. And Before we let you go, Jade, uh, there is you're a TikTok right? that I saw, uh, it's hilarious. Fuck my day. Everyone needs to yeah. go check out your TikTok, Jade O'Connell. <laughs> now, one of your videos is re- reacting to celebrity photos. Now, do you have a phone near you at all or are you using the phone for this Zoom? I do have a okay, phone. Okay, great. So you get look up celebrities' photos of them and then you just ha- say your first reactions to them. So you've done like Dr. Phil, Justin Bieber, all of this stuff. Mm. Very funny. Very good gear. Now, can I get you to Google Dylan Alcott and just tell us what your ticks think <laughs> about the great man? D-Y-L-A-N-A-L-C-O-T-T. Ah, you cripple. Fuck <laughs> off. Oh, oh, stand up. Fuck <laughs> oh, That is, we are, that's going to be our promo. Oh, they couldn't have asked for more. Uh, Jade, we are so great that we can share Jane, in you your humour. Jade, you're a legend. Keep we- being yourself because you're a star <laughs> and you're going to be a star for a long time. Did I fucking ask? The fuck, thank you. <laughs> uh, Jade O'Connell, get her on TikTok. Make sure you're following her on all the social networks. Get her before she booms into another stratosphere. Thank you so much for your time. All the way in New Zealand, we appreciate it. And thanks for being on Listen That was so cool. Thank you so much. See, See ya. you later. A big thank you once again to Jade. And just something very funny that happened uh, that we're going to put on our socials, which we love. Uh, Dylan? Yeah, well, I came in the room a bit later because I was getting us both a coffee and uh, Jade couldn't see me on the camera. So we asked her to uh, if she could see me and then this happened. All right, Jade, ready? Jade, can you see me on that? What, on the... oh, oh, there we go. No, you can. Ah! It's nice, nice, Ugly. Nice. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, make sure you go check. It's going to be up on YouTube. You can see Jade. Literally every time Angus asked a question, she was doing the shush mouth and flipping him off. Thought I thought my questions were good. Loved it. I was like, I am ugly, so I won't ask. Oh, she tells it. She could have been talking she to you. She can't though. hold back the truth. You know what? I she was. She'd spoken to me for five minutes before you walked in. Correct. Room. She said nothing about Can, ugly. Wait, as soon as the no, camera turned on you, mate, and I literally said, ugly. Hey, can you see me? Let me turn the camera. Turn the camera. She goes, ugly. <laughs> <laughs> We absolutely love Jaden. We love you for listening. Um, thank you very much for getting through it, you know, letting her have her authentic voice. And uh, make sure you subscribe. We've got more episodes on the way. Until the next one, we'll see you then. See ya.
Listen Able was presented by Dylan Alcott and Angus O'Loughlin and produced in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and the music was written and performed by Eliza Hull. 